Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Text from our pun maestro, Rory. Uh, love you, work, Staffy. Read the Hawks Bay odds. Such a tight game of prospects. To use the horse racing analogy, uh, they might win, but not even by a nose. Potentially by a nostril. I would say the Bay may have a few set moves. Not used as yet this season. Probably keeping their powder dry. Well done, Rory. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Do like a little bit of humour on a Thursday. Oh, we've got a lot of talk in the rugby with the Rugby World Cup, with the Ranfurly Shield, with the NPC. Uh, joining us, Sky Sports rugby man, as he does each and every Thursday, Tony Johnson. Uh, I do want to talk about stuff that's happening on the field, but off the field, uh, Razor Robertson can't go to All Black Games. Interesting. I thought you were going to come to me with the Hawks Bay thing because I was going to chuck in uh, that Rory might be clutching at straws. <laughs> Yes. Well, we can start on the Ramfurly Shield then, because no, no, no. Well, look, look. Yeah, um, this um, Razor Roberts. It's it's not uh, unknown. Uh, you know that that I think there was just a message delivered. Look, um, we know you're going to be there, and he really um, went quite public with the fact that he was going to be there. That he felt he needed to be there to see how things were operating, how the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I absolutely, uh, I, I cannot see a situation where they have told him not to go to the games. I, I just don't, that's just not possible. Um, mm. that they, they can't stop him from going to the games. That he can, I think he's been to one of them, certainly, and kept a pretty low profile. Um, but that they can't say to him, um, and I'm sure they haven't said, you can't go to the games. What they have every right to do is say, look, uh, we would prefer you to keep your distance because this is about the now, it's not about next year. Mm. Um, and if, if it's the coach, it's the coach's prerogative. If they don't want him in the mix, well, then that, that's absolutely fair enough. So <clears throat> I, I, I don't think this is something that's just happened. Uh, it's just it's been made public recently. But um, as, as I say, I, I just can't see a situation where they've said you can't go to the games. But I, I fully understand. I think they've got every right to say we'd rather you keep your distance from the team. Uh, Ramfurly Shield, this one, <clears throat> I love the historical piece of any sport. And Ramfurly Shield, I've often been asked, what's the number one sporting event you'd like to attend? And for me, it's Manawatu running the Ramfurly Shield. Better than a World Cup, better than the Super Bowl, anything, and that's just me. So I was deeply concerned. Yes, and Steve Lancaster was on the station on our breakfast show earlier this week, and he said, look, 
Accidents happen, shields can get dropped and things can get broken, we investigate that, but their real concern is this white powder, etc, etc. The thing that concerns me, TJ, is it might we, you might get accused of trial by media, but once again, an inquiry's working at glacial speed. I get tested at the airport for presence of cocaine on my carry-on luggage and it's done in two minutes. Um, yep. We just can't keep getting left in the dark. Yeah, this is something that I think for the, the, in the best interests of, of the Shield and the best interests of the game and the best interests of everyone uh, connected to it, that it sh- I would have thought it could have been cleared up by now or at least there, there could be some clarity over what's happened by now. Look, as you say, sport, the history of sport, any sport, is dotted with incidents where celebrations can get a little bit you know, um, out of hand. Sometimes it's it's harmless fun, and at the extreme end of the scale, obviously, where harm is inflicted on on people. What we've got a, a situation here where no people have been harmed, but potentially the image of the game, and in particular one of the most prized, if not the you know something that was for a, a long, long time the most prized trophy in New Zealand sport, and and more so than the Bledisloe Cup. Mm. There wasn't a World Cup, no national championship. The Ramfurly Shield was the biggest thing in New Zealand rugby. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, potentially here, the whole image of it has been tarnished. Now, what we have at the moment is a situation where there clearly uh, has been some very boisterous celebrations. But uh, the implication is, and of course what we have is something that gets posted on, on social media, it gets picked up by the mainstream media, and it just gets put out there and people make judgments in the absence of, of the facts of the matter uh, or the knowledge of what actually happened, and they make assumptions. Uh, and, and I think it was in New Zealand rugby's best interest to clarify or clear up those assumptions as quickly as possible. Surely you could, yes, swab the shield, find out is there any uh, presence of, of banned substances there. And also the other thing too about the shield being dropped and I was very interested in the interview that I heard with the guy who refurbished the shield. And he said, there's no way that could happen to it the way the grain of the wood is mm. just by being dropped on a concrete floor. So, you know, this is something that they can't afford for this to, to lag on in, into next week. Um, because, again, it's just something that it, it's taking attention away from what's really important at the moment. And the other interesting thing, and it was brought out by a caller this morning, was um, no players are being stood down, <clears throat> yet one of the players um, has driven drunk, hit a fence or a letterbox or something over the limit, and yet their point was you can get a player in the field of play, make a split-second wrong decision, accidentally hit someone in the head with their head and get four weeks out of the game, yet you can drive drunk, hit a fence and still play. Well, we don't know whether this player was someone who was going to play, I suppose. That's the only thing I'd say about that. And look, to be fair, I think Hawke's Bay and both the CEO and Brad Webber have fronted the issue. Obviously, Brad Webber uh, was was not part of the scenario. Where yeah, the neither of them were there, TJ. Neither of them were there. Why, did they, put, why did they put those two up? Because neither of them were there. So all well, they could I say was... Yeah, but the CEO's responsibility is to front it, and I think he's done that pretty well. And he's clearly... He's, he has made it quite clear that he is unimpressed, you know, no matter whether it's at the lower end or the higher end of the sinister scale, whatever, he's not impressed that the shield's been broken and that maybe, you know, that the behaviour's worse than that. And But the thing is that the inquiry's been handed over to New Zealand Rugby and, and 
you know, quite rightly then, it, it's, I suppose it's not his job to investigate further. Although, you know, you, you'd think that in the fullness of time, um, or sooner rather than later, uh, it might be time for some players to, to actually, you know, come forward mm. uh, and, and say, yeah, I was involved, this is what happened. Because until that happens, there's going to be a, a cloud and a question mark over the whole lot of them. And that might not be the case. It might be a very small group. There might be outsiders involved. Uh, but this needs to be sorted out. And yes, I know they've got a quarterfinal this weekend, but uh, you know that's the risk you take when you know you behave outside acceptable boundaries. Yeah, um, let's do the quarterfinals. Um, or th- allegedly behave outside yes, acceptable allegedly. boundaries. Yes, allegedly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Canterbury, Auckland, Auckland have been. I mean, all teams get injuries in the NPC, but they've had some very high-profile ones with the likes of Akira and Paddy Tuipolotu, Adrian Choate now, uh, Harry Plummer, a huge ask for them to go to Canterbury and win. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of those names, the guy that's probably impressed me the most week in, week out has been Adrian Choate. Yeah, He's just led the way, all the way. He's just had a fantastic season. So to lose him on top of those other guys, that is a real blow. And the other one, Akira Ioane, I know he's a guy that, you know, he tracks a fair bit of criticism, but I think there's something quite admirable about the way he knuckled down and, and did his bit. You know, no one played better for Auckland than he did. No one put more effort in after the crushing disappointment of missing out on the World Cup. So I'd like to think that if people have got uh, open minds, you know, they could spare a little admiration for the way he's done that. But, you know, I agree. Uh, they're in a situation now where they take on a Canterbury team that, you know, they've got international players on the bench and not many teams in the NPC can can boast that. It's a strong, you know, Canterbury at home. I guess it's the classic uh, everything to gain, nothing to lose situation. But, you know, Canterbury have to be, uh, you know, well, I see the TAB's got them at $1.57, uh, Auckland two fifty. I, I would have thought they were probably worthy of shorter odds than that. Mm. Wellington bounce back ability against a Waikato side that were dealt a rough blow right at the start of the season when they had Joshuani and then he was injured out of the season. But they've started getting players back and starting to show a little bit of ticker with a very good win last week. Yeah, and obviously Wellington dropped their guard last week. They've been so good all season and, you know, it's hard to know you know, was just this their off day or, or, or whatever? Did they take their eye off the ball just this once? And Hawks Bay, uh, a team that was highly motivated to win back the Round 30 Shield, pounced. Uh, you know, you'd back Wellington to bounce back. The one thing that I would say, and I haven't seen the teams for this game. I've only seen teams for the Friday night games. I'd be interested to know whether Aaron Cruden is going to play. Clearly, he took to the field last week and either he might have been carrying a niggle or something happened early on because he took one shot at goal and then didn't take the next one, and then he walked off the field. To me, if, if Cruden, even at 90% fit, can take the field, then then that, I think, greatly boosts Waikato's chances of what would be a monumental upset, because he is just showing such class. And there are good players around him, too, players in that back line that have you know performed really well. Uh, Tano Tuhakaraina has been one. I'm really impressed with the way he's gone the back three, Real live wires and up front, you know, you've got solid front row. James Tucker, I think, has done a, a terrific job as well in that type five. So they're not without a chance, but I, you know, at the moment it's a, a very much an outside chance, which would be a greater chance if Aaron Cruden was anywhere near fit and able to play. 
Taranaki been, I think, unsung heroes this season, have earned themselves a home playoff game. I think across the board, I think they're probably the best performed when you looked at the stocks at the start of the season. Yeah, and they'd probably be in an even stronger position on the table. And they've done really well to finish, you know, at, at a very lofty position on the table in second place. Mm. Uh, and, it, you know, they would have been even closer to Wellington, but for a missed conversion against Canterbury, that would have been, you know, a remarkable uh, achievement. It, it's probably worth noting uh, that, that, that Tasman did win the round-robin game between the two, but to me, Taranaki have just been so solid well, Tasman have been a little bit hot and cold, you know, really good some weeks. In other weeks, they kind of look like they're just drifting a little bit. I think they've suffered, um, you know, injuries in, in key positions. And, and I, I know that, that Mitch Hunt uh, started the game last week. You know, again, if Mitch Hunt was anything like fit and able to take the field, then Tasman are a much better chance. I, th- I think Taranaki rightly have the favourite tag for this. I think they're paying about $1.77 to Two oh five, the Markle. So there's not much between the two. Tasman, at their best, I would back them to win this game. I'm just not sure that they're just not consistently mm. playing to their best. But look, it's a really good rivalry. This one, uh, they they've even met in the final. These two teams. So there'll be plenty. That's the that's the the Saturday night game, and it's why well, you know I'll be sitting back and 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 watching with a great deal of interest. I, I know it's no great secret. I'm I'm a bit of a Tasman fan, but. Uh, the thing I, I think Taranaki have had a terrific season and deserve to be favourites, uh, and definitely are the favourites to win this game. And favourites also, in fact, all the home teams are favourites, I guess, because they finished higher on the tables. Bay plenty in the Battle of the Bays. I don't think the winner of this gets to call themselves the Bay. That's taken care in regular season. Um, gosh, how will Hawks Bay respond? Well, that's the burning question, and I think that's the question that probably has been, well, I know it has been discussed in the Bay of Plenty team this week, that the coaching staff are probably just a little bit wary of this being something that might galvanise Hawks Bay, uh, that, you know, we're up against it, boys, the whole world's accusing us of this, that, and everything else, uh, you know, and and stealing themselves. Uh, it, it, it is... It has become a fantastic rivalry, you know, the Battle of the Bay. Is, I, I'm not sure, I, I, I presume uh, it might carry some weight into this game as well. Bay are plenty, to me, I, you know, they're, they're just getting one or two players back from injury. I think Leroy Carter might be back, and he just provides such a spark mm. in that team. Uh, and there's some real talent in the back line, but a good no-nonsense forward pack. I, I, look, I think Bay are plenty have to be the favourites to win this, but they would be very right to be on their guard against a, a, a Hawks Bay team fired up by what's gone on or galvanised by what's gone on in the last week uh, when it wouldn't also, you know, you sort of think, well, the other end of it is that it could have a really detrimental effect on their preparation, on their mindset going into this game and could prove to be quite harmful to their prospects of, what would be a, a, a bit of an upset if they were to beat Bay of Plenty in Tauranga. Let's have a look in France. A huge match this weekend with ramifications on the All Blacks. Uh, we will talk about their game, but Ireland-Scotland. Um, I've, I've never looked forward to a match, Ireland versus Scotland, but boy, am I this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Scotland have, have actually been quite impressive in, in this World Cup so far. Uh, I, I think they... Uh, you know, a, a win by Scotland would could potentially throw 
the World Cup into a bit of turmoil in the same way that Ireland beat, beating Australia did um, back in, in 2011. Uh, if, if Scotland were able to win and deny Ireland a point, then they would go through because if, if teams end up level on points, then it's the team that wins the game between the two of them that would go through. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I can see bonus points, uh, winners' bonus points uh, occurring uh, in, in, in this match at all. Look, Ireland, uh, I think a bonus point for them would be enough, uh, even if Scotland were to win the game. But they'll be wanting more than that. They'll, they'll be wanting to you know, catapult themselves into the quarterfinals. Of course, a great deal of interest for us because it will determine uh, who the All Blacks play. To me, South Africa looked pretty secure at the top of the table. I can't see, um, if, if Ireland was, was um, not to win, I can't see Scotland going past South Africa. But of course, if Ireland do win, then that would push South Africa into second place. And so it would be the All Blacks against Ireland. I think we're, we're pretty much uh, expecting to happen. Uh, but, you know, there, there are other games as well. I mean, Italy, you wouldn't fancy them after they were towelled by the All Blacks. They were just taken to pieces and, and fell apart against the All Blacks. Uh, but they have had some good results against France in the past. Bit of pressure on France. I can't see the upset happening, but it will be worth keeping an eye on that game as well. You know, just just in case something weird happens. For the All Blacks, when it comes quarterfinal time, it would have been, if my maths is right, seven weeks since we played South Africa, six weeks since we played France in the opener, and then pumping Namibia, uh, Italy a week off, Uruguay, and then a massive quarterfinal. Um, part of me says that's a good preparation. Part of me says it's not. Yeah, well, I think we were expecting Ireland to be a little... Uh, sorry, uh, Italy to be a bit better than they were. Mm, yeah. And, and they were hoping that that would be the, you know, a, a reasonably challenging second match. If, if you know, you know if, if, if France was, you know, the big game in the pool, then there was a reasonable expectation that Italy might provide a bit of sterner resistance than that. And that didn't transpire. Look, they've just got to play what's in front of them. Yes, it has been a factor in the past. Uh, that you know that they have probably suffered a little bit. I think 2007 was a was a classic example of that. Um, but you know you just got to play what's in front of you. I, I wouldn't be. I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, it's just more about this game now. They've just got to keep the momentum going. Uh, and and when it comes to that crunch match, that the analytical minds in that team, and in particular Joe Smith, can come up with a blueprint based on what's happened in games against Ireland or France, because other teams, you know, they're most likely, um, uh, South Africa, I should say, the other teams are most likely to be playing. And, and it then becomes just a, a, a one-off game. So now I'm, the whole, I think everyone else is in the same boat. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to stop the scenario where teams, and it usually was the, the, the minnow teams played three games in eight days and, they were trying to even things, but it has had the effect, I think, of dragging things out a bit too much. Unlike the FIFA World Cup, where you seem to have something to look forward to every day. Mm. And lastly, TJ, uh, I don't know where your confidence levels were pre the South African warm-up game, but since before that game to now, where's your co- has your confidence level gone up, gone down, stayed the same for the All Blacks to win the um, title? Yeah, look... Firstly, the warm-up game, uh, yeah, that just got out of hand. I, I, I wouldn't 
necessarily get too worried about that particular game. They were well beaten by France, but they will be surely, unless something catastrophic happens on the injury front, they'll have a stronger team to put on the field for their quarterfinal match. I think they've had plenty of time together to work on things. Look, I I always felt that if this team played to its ability, that it had had a chance to go deep into this tournament. I've never seen them as a favourite to win the World Cup. I've never even seen them as a favourite to make the final. But I, I just felt that this was a team that you get to the knockout stages and the way the draws shaped, I think the quarterfinal, you win the quarterfinal, then I think it opens things up a little bit because, you know, then you, you start getting into the crossover games. So uh, it all comes down to the quarterfinal. Uh, I, I don't think I've changed my thinking. I think this is a team that potentially uh, could, could win the World Cup, potentially could go deep into the tournament, but it really all comes down to the one game, and that, mm. that's the quarterfinal. They get through that. I think anything's possible. Yeah, me too. The two hardest games to come are the quarter and the final. Um, yes, such good World Cup, though. I'm absolutely loving it. TJ, uh, you're blessing us in what NPC games this weekend? Uh, I'm, I'm off to Christchurch tomorrow. Uh, Canterbury-Auckland game. And then I'll be back, uh, you know, and uh, I'll just better sit back and watch it all unfold and see what happens the following week. Got to say, Staffy, uh, I know there's been a lot of negativity, negativity about uh, particularly this obsession that people have with the crowds, counting the crowds while they sit on the couch and watch the game. And we've had this Ramsfield Shield thing as well, which we really could have done without. But this in terms of tight finishes and uh, potential upsets, high-scoring games, Swinging, you know, score lines. Uh, I think this has been as good a round robin as I can remember in a long time. And let's hope we get a good climax to it over the next three weeks. I actually agree, TJ. I actually agree. There's been unbelievable cliffhangers and come from behind wins and Manawatu back to back Auckland Northland. I'm a happy camper this year. It's been a wonderful NPC season. Enjoy your weekend TJ. Looking forward to Thursday already. Cheers mate. Tony Johnson, Sky Sport commentator on uh, everything to do with the rugby game in New Zealand. We'll take a break. We'll come back shortly.